I think one of the lessons was for us, like learning to delegate. We really, you know, from the beginning did everything from customer service to keying purchase orders, but really to grow and scale the business, we had to hire people and then release control so that you could then continue focusing on bringing new products and growing revenue. So I think that that was definitely one of the challenges, but we did embrace it. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the company grew so quickly. When entrepreneurs Melissa Saporta and Jen Bernstein met at a summer study program, they had no idea they would one day be joining forces and leading Gorilla Commerce. After launching their first product, Gorilla Grip, they realized they were onto something and the rest is history. You're about to hear the story of how they steadily grew their product development platform into an empire that specializes in launching the best-in-class home, pet, and office products. And they are now offering over 100 products across eight different brands. They share the ins and outs of product development and the launch and how they determine what will be successful. They also tell us about their experience raising money with investment and how they knew it was the right decision for them. Finally, You'll hear their best work-life balance tips and how this year has brought them a unique set of challenges, but also allow them to thrive, keep scaling, and hiring. Coming up, you'll hear why they decided to take the leap and leave corporate America behind, and how they came up with their first product, Gorilla Grip. Why their biggest earlier lesson was learning to delegate in order to scale the business how they broke up the responsibilities when they realized that they needed to divide and conquer, what it looks like to launch a product and all the different phases of this process, their experience receiving investment and why they decided it was the right moment for this move, their best tips for selling on Amazon, how Gorilla Commerce has been impacted by COVID-19 from logistical bumps to being in a rapid fire hiring mode, why they ask all candidates that they interview if they consider themselves to be more of a right side of the brain or left side of the brain person, why big things come from big ideas and the importance of building a business you know can scale, how Marissa and Jen approach work-life balance, and finally, why all you really need to be successful is Wi-Fi and a dream. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Marissa and Jen, we are so excited to have a conversation with you today and sit down and hear all about your entrepreneurista journey. You both met at a summer study program when you were 16, and then fast forward many years later in 2014, you launched your first Gorilla Grip product on Amazon. How did the two of you decide to go into business together? So in truth, we weren't even planning on going into business together, but we had heard about people selling products online successfully and that e-commerce was exploding. So we had looked at each other and said, you know, maybe we should give this a try. We heard that the barriers to entry were low and you could easily market your own branded products to millions of qualified consumers. And that sounded exciting to us. So we kind of just went for it. And what was the, the next steps? How did you 
what did you do when you decided to partner together? So first we had to find a product and we wanted to develop a brand name. We quickly looked online for opportunities and we quickly noticed that there was a gap in the marketplace. Traditional consumer companies were not marketing to the e-commerce consumers effectively because they were still focused on appeasing to the brick and mortar retail clients. So we saw an opportunity. We went after our first product, which was a rug pad. We found at the time that all the consumer goods companies that were selling rug pads were very traditional and stale, and we took a modern twist on it. So we picked a product. Our product was a rug pad, and the brand name was Gorilla Grip. And the reason why we chose Gorilla Grip, because it was a value proposition, And immediately, this product just took off and Jen and I knew we were onto something. What was the key to the product taking off when you first launched? So take us back to those early days. Did you just put it up on a website, on Amazon? What did you do? Well, as Marissa mentioned, you know, we did do quite a bit of market research. We wanted to ensure that there was quite a bit of demand on the channel. And we also looked at the competitive landscape. We looked at how they were marketing their products. We utilized advertising on Amazon. We created fresh imagery. And as Marissa mentioned, the brand name Gorilla Grip. And I think that the package of all of those things together, along with what we believe was an affordable price point, helped to make this product an early success. What was your background prior to launching Guerrilla Commerce? Did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? So my background, I came from corporate America. I had worked in advertising as an account manager, and then I worked in financial services. And I, and I spent many years doing this. And while there was always this part of me that had wanted to be an entrepreneur, frankly, I, I didn't know how, and I didn't know how to kind of walk away from the comfort of corporate America. But boy, am I glad I did. Do you remember that day that you quit your job and what that felt like? I do remember that day. You know, a lot of the reason I actually wanted to start this business is because I wanted to be able to spend some more time with my family and not be working as much. So being able to leave my job at that point had a dual purpose. I not only was able to spend time with my family, but, you know, Marissa and I had started this little business that was, you know, doing very well. Take us back to those early days when you launched the first product and then things were taking off and now you had to start growing your company. Did either of you have experience, you know, managing a team before? What were some of those early learning lessons from when you first started? I think one of the lessons was for us, like learning to delegate. We really, you know, from the beginning did everything from customer service to keying purchase orders, but really to grow and scale the business, we had to hire people and then release control so that you could then continue focusing on bringing new products and growing revenue. So I think that that was definitely one of the challenges, but we did embrace it. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the company grew so quickly. How did the two of you break up your responsibilities within the company? So Jen and I, you know, first of all, have in the beginning, we were definitely both doing everything. And then as time evolved, we realized that we had to divide and conquer. So today, I'm more the operations side, finance, IT, operations, supply chain, and Jen, Yep. So I do new product development and marketing. And I do want to say, though, that I really, you know, believe that Jen and I wouldn't have built this business if it was just Jen or if it was just Marissa. 
together, we were able to think of ideas that were bigger than ourselves. And we were also able to accelerate the business faster because we were both really hard workers and looking to move quickly. We always treated everything we did with a sense of urgency. And that momentum is what drove the business and taking advantage of all the opportunities in the here and now. One person, you know, maybe could have taken 10 years to achieve what we achieved in five. How do you decide what products you want to develop? What does that process look like? So it's a good question. And we do get asked that question quite often. You know, it's a mix of art and science. The science part is looking at data, understand demand in the marketplace, understanding what the competitive landscape looks like. But the art side is us just really having experience and learning the marketplace and understanding the e-commerce consumer. And the combination has helped us have a very high success rate at launching new products and new brands. When we look at products, we're looking for opportunities that are high volume. We're not looking to, a lot of times someone will come to us and say, oh, I have this great product invention idea for you, but it doesn't have a high demand in the marketplace. We're looking to set, you know, bring new products to marketplace, but we want products that can be used in virtually every home across the U.S. And we're looking for products that we can bring a competitive advantage to. So a product that is unique and affordable for our consumers. When you have an idea for a new product and you decide you're going to develop it and bring it to market, what is that process like? How long does it take? What are the different logistics that are involved? Yes, you're right. There are quite a few steps involved in launching a new product. From the point where we have an idea, we have to do a lot of competitive analysis and determine what product features do we want our product to have. We then move into the sourcing. Sourcing could be looking at many different potential manufacturers and then assessing which of these products that we're looking at are will meet our needs and then modifying them to even make a better customer experience. So we'll go through quite a few rounds of different prototypes, determining colors and fabric thickness and softness. And all those features are part of our process until we ultimately have a product that we feel like is going to you know, meet the consumer's needs. We'll bring the product to market and we'll just test it, right? We'll just you know, put a couple thousand units up for sale and see how the consumers respond to it. And if consumers respond well, meaning, you know, sales are there and we see that we're getting positive reviews and feedback on the product, we know that that product is a good one and it's ready to continue for a full launch. All of your products only available online or are they in retail too? So today they're available exclusively online. And can you share a time when you thought a certain product was going to be a hit, but maybe you just didn't hit the mark? I think we have we have our one product that I feel like Jen and I were so excited about. It was a travel pillow. That's um, the one I was going to say too. <laughs> yep. I right. love travel pillows. <laughs> so, so this travel pillow and it was it had four different positioning features, lumbar support, neck support, and and we were we were really really excited about it. And I think the challenge ultimately became on marketing online is definitely different than marketing in store. In store, imagine you can touch and feel. So you can communicate. And it's it's a different challenge when you're marketing to the e-commerce consumer. And we definitely had a hard time communicating all the advantages of this pillow without the touch and feel that in store offers. 
I still have a bunch of them and my kids love them. So I still don't regret launching it because we get to enjoy them still years later. And what is your bestseller to date? So from a unit's perspective, our number one bestsellers are in the bath mat and bath rug categories. So we do sell quite a few. We offer our products in many colors and many sizes. And I personally use our bath rugs in my own bathroom. And we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to our podcast and they're thinking of starting a product company. Can you share any tips or advice about the your experience or the manufacturing process when you do go into production with a physical product? I think that as you think about producing a product, it's really important to have a very hands-on approach, a good relationship with your factory. You need to make sure that you're conducting inspections throughout the process and every shipment that leaves our warehouses gets inspected. Um, So I think that's a really important process. We also really look at product safety and take that very seriously. So just really know your products, know your factory and and make sure that they're, they're tested and inspected well. And I would add emphasis in the product development stage on quality. I think that especially in the e-commerce landscape, reviews are paramount. Consumers are reading it. So if you bring a product that's poor quality to market really quickly, you're going to nosedive because the consumers are going to tell all your prospective buyers about your poor quality product. So Jen and I really, really focus on making sure every single product we bring to market, we're proud of. And as a result, you know, it shows in our reviews that we have online. What's the standard time frame for product development from idea to in market? Is it a year, six months? How fast is it typically? It really ranges. It could be as quick as two to three months. And sometimes we've had that process go more than a year or even two years, right? At the end of the day for us, it's about finding the right product and developing the right product. And it doesn't matter if it happens quickly or it takes a long time. I know in late 2019, you received an investment from Trilantic North America. Can you share more about what this investment allowed you to do? Sure. So our relationship with Trilantic North America, which is our private equity firm that invested in us, has been nothing short of incredible for Jen and I. They helped us really think strategically about our business and big picture and not only focus on financial goals, which is really easy to do and really easy to see, but also positioning our company for long-term growth. This year, we really have been focused on institutionalizing our business and investing in our infrastructure. So it's been a pretty insane year like to think about everything we've accomplished. But we started about 14 months ago. We had 10 employees, and today we have 30. And we've put into place everything from benefits to, you know, as I said, hiring incredible talent implementing software system, improvements in our supply chain. So all of that wouldn't have been possible without having this relationship with Trilantic and giving us really the confidence to think big. How did they find you or how did you find them? So we went through a process. We worked with an investment banker through Lincoln Financial and they helped us you know, they helped us find the right firm. So that included, you know, us meeting with many different private equity firms. We had, I don't know, Marissa, a hundred meetings or 50 meetings, uh, quite a few. It was definitely, you know, it was a lot of work, but it was a great learning experience. And in the end, we ended up with the right partner. 
Had you raised money in the business before partnering with them or was your business completely bootstrapped before you partnered? To date, Jen and I invested a total of $13,000 each and we made that back within the first six months. Wow. So we never had to put another dollar in, which was incredible. And it also made you know, the choice of what private equity firm to choose. It wasn't based on a financial decision. It was really based on what firm is going to help us get to the places that we want this company to go and take it to the next level. So I, I am happy that we didn't do it under financial stress, make such an important decision. And what is your vision for your company now? So our vision is, is that sky's the limit. I think to me, the most exciting part about our company is we developed into something that we didn't even anticipate, a product development platform where we can develop and launch products successfully and sell online to the consumer in high volumes. And today we're focused in home, pet, and office, but I think that it's only a matter of time till we dive into more categories. And I even feel like we've only scratched the surface in home pet office. So to me, the fact that we can sell almost anything that someone could sell online, and that's all our opportunity in white space, to me, that's so exciting. So without giving away your secret sauce, do you have any secrets you can share about why you think when you are putting new products out to market, your products and your company is so successful? I don't think it's any one thing or any one secret sauce. I think that we, as we mentioned earlier, we do a lot of research in advance of launching our products. We put a lot of work into making sure that the quality of our products is there. And then we do all of our marketing ourselves, right? So, you know, yes, we of course work with um, an amazing photographer and videographer, but we do a lot of our own even set designs on these photo shoots. We do all of the copywriting, everything is done in-house, all of our advertising. So I think we just have really this strong depth of execution across every step of the development and marketing process. And that's what's helped us be successful. And not cutting corners. Everything that we do, as Jen said, across all those, you know, whether it's the copy or the listing images or the creative videos, everything is an A-plus effort. And we're looking to make sure that we're putting out our absolute best product. And if you do that and treat your business like Every single element and piece of it needs to be your 100% best effort. I think that that shows. Coming up, you'll hear how Guerrilla Commerce has been impacted by COVID-19 and how they've managed to keep growing their team. Do you have any exciting product launches in the pipeline? Well, of course we do. We have quite a few product launches in the pipeline without getting too specific because I can't give too much away. In 2021, we do have a strong focus in the kitchen, bath, and pet space. And these are spaces we've played in before, but we're, you know, we're really going to go heavy in them. And we have some products that I am personally really excited about. Can you share any details or not yet? (laughs) I can't really. I'm sorry. It's all right. Well, you hopefully we're the first to know so we can share it with all of our listeners because I know they're going to be excited to to try them out. Are all of your products on Amazon? Yes, they all are on Amazon. Can you share with our listeners just tips on Amazon and how to work with Amazon and get products on on the site? 
So it's fairly easy to open an Amazon seller account. So in that sense, the fees are really low and low barriers to entry. And then Amazon does have a lot of robust tools that you as a seller can use, including advertising, fulfillment by Amazon, which they call FBA. And this can allow you to fulfill products fairly easily. How has your business been impacted by COVID-19? So COVID has definitely not been without its challenges for our business. We have had an impact to our logistics. From an inbound perspective, goods were arriving late to the U.S. And in addition, we weren't able to fulfill to our consumers. So currently, we're in the process of building up safety stock to avoid these logistical bumps in the future. And in addition, though, from a revenue perspective and a demand perspective, we've seen a huge shift in that more buyers are coming online, buyers that might not have been comfortable in the past and went to the store to make a purchase, now are concerned for their safety, so have been going online and buying. And we believe that there's now a shift in the marketplace. And now that these consumers have been experiencing the convenience of product landing at their door in a two-day delivery window that they're never going to go back. So we've definitely seen a big shift there. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be the way of the future for sure. I know I haven't really bought anything in store besides groceries over the past nine months. I've just buy everything online and specifically Amazon. So I definitely agree with you. I think there really is a big shift there. Yeah, it's it's a really exciting time to be a player in e-commerce. For sure. How has uh, COVID impacted your team culture? Well, first of all, you know, we closed our offices in March and we haven't been back since. So we shifted to a completely um, online work environment. And I would say initially it was a little bit challenging, right? I don't think this is atypical, everyone having, you know, tech issues and getting used to working from home. But I think in the end, it's actually been, you know, there's been a lot of positives that have come from it. We've done things like implemented a company-wide Monday morning meeting where we do updates across the company. We do quarterly, you know, happy hours. And, And during these happy hours, you know, a different team member or group of team members will come up with a fun game and we might do a trivia game or something like that. So, you know, we've shifted the way we've done business, but I think that, you know, it, it, we, we've done okay. We've been, we've been very fortunate. And I know you shared that you've hired, I think 20 people now over the past year. Can you share a little bit about, you know, your interview process, what you look for when you're hiring and maybe your go-to interview question? Sure. So I'd say it's been really interesting because we've been hiring people virtually. So doing it over Zoom calls, and we've had incredible success. So we feel proud that even when other businesses are struggling, we've been able to hire. And as far as my favorite interview question, which I actually asked to someone today is, is when you describe yourself, do you describe yourself as a left side of the brain person or a right side of the brain person? And I'm usually trying to see if their answer, if they're leaning towards more of a creative or more of a math. And depending on the role that we're hiring for, gives me a sense of of where their skill set is. What are you both, left side or right side? I'm definitely 
a right side. She's the right no side for sure. Here. I think I'm naturally a right side, but I have a little bit of left. And obviously I run all the product development and creative and marketing of the company. So I've had to kind of stretch that muscle a bit in this role. She has more left side than she's admitting. <laughs> what tools do you use to run your business? Like project management tools or, or any kind of productivity tools you could share? Excel. Yeah. So we're actually in the process of implementing an ERP system. So we're going to be using NetSuite for our ERP. And for our business intelligence software, we're going to be using Domo. But to Jen's point today, we are on Excel. But in the next six months, we should be fully transitioned. So we're pretty excited. We really like, actually, Marissa, you asked earlier about our favorite test questions, our favorite interview questions. And Excel skills has been a really big and important one because we run so much of the business in Excel. I used to think I was good in Excel. So did Marissa until now all of these, you know, new people have come in and they they put us to shame on what they can do. Courtney is our go-to Excel queen at uh, Socialfly. And we don't, we don't use a lot of Excel here. So I, I need to go learn from your team. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any remote working tips that you can share with us on how to keep the culture together? Stephanie and I do a Monday morning meeting like you do too, but anything else you do to, to keep the team close? Well, here's one fun thing I think we do. We all have matching backgrounds with our company logo in it. We call it, it's like a red carpet background. You know, when you're standing on the red, not that I've ever been on a red carpet. Oh yeah, carpet, it's a step and it, repeat. A step and repeat, yeah. It, <laughs> is that what it's called? I didn't know what it was called. I made it in PowerPoint one night just because I thought it would look cool. And uh, suddenly everyone wanted to use it in the company. And now when we're on calls, it's like a sea of Guerrilla Commerce logos. So I, I think that that's something nice that ties us together. And whenever we're on calls with other people who aren't with the company, they're like, I need to get that background because I I, want to feel part of the team too. And I think, you know, what's also really helping with the culture is we're in this rapid fire hiring mode. So you have all this new energy constantly coming in and different perspectives and new ideas. And I think that that's really exciting for all our employees not to mention it's exciting to work in a company that's growing. So everybody's really excited. Things are moving quickly. New challenges are presenting itself. And as a result, we do have to all band together to come up with ideas and how to conquer these challenges. So there's a lot of teamwork going on all the time. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned over the years as an entrepreneurista? Big things come from big ideas. And small things come from small ideas. So when you're thinking about starting a business, definitely choose something that can be scalable, something that can be global, be big. Because, you know, if you decide to, I'm making this up, but do a craft shop that where you're going to hand make everything and there's no way to ever automate that and you're only going to be able to make 10 handmade cards a week, then your business idea is limited. So I think that would be what I've learned is to kind of always think big. I was going to say that I think what I've learned is that we can't be afraid to be scrappy. So, you know, when we started the business and still today, we don't feel the need to hire for every single, you know, action that we need. So for example, you know, Marissa, you're going to kill me for saying this, but Marissa for a long time was our hand model. And was our foot model once. She gets really mad when we talk about that. Oh, I'm actually proud. 
<laughs> my dog, you'll see him in all of our marketing. You know, I've been in our photo shoots. I've done all the food styling, um, at least for the first few years. So, you know, being scrappy and doing things that you've never done before, I think is okay. And, and for us, it really worked. What are some learning lessons you can share actually about the process we were talking about before when you decided to partner with the investment company? Because I know you said you met with like 50 or 100 different potential partners. How did you decide on one and any tips you can share about that process? So I think that one of the most important things is you just really have to like them as people. You know, it's kind of that test where you say, do I want to have dinner with them? And and frankly, we we do. We, re, we just really get along well and have fun when we're with the private equity firm. I also think that, you know, finding a firm that is very, very ethical and treats, you know, us as founders with, you know, the respect because we founded it, but then also really provides us with guidance and help. And, you know, we look at our private equity firm as almost like an extension of our team. And and I think they, they feel similarly with us. So I just, again, nice people, good people, honest, ethical is, is the way to go. And, and their reputation preceded them as well. They are so well respected in their industry. And I think that helped Jen and I make the decision as well. You talked about how you were hiring during this time and we are as well. And I was wondering if you have any tips on how to hire people over Zoom. It's so weird to be hiring someone right now that you've never met. Or are you meeting people right now? <laughs> No, we're doing it almost you know 99% on Zoom. And and I think it's gone really it's gone really well. You know, you you still get to have that, you know, in a way face-to-face interaction. I also think it makes it almost a little bit easier to have a candidate who you're interested in meet with more people in the company. It's just easy to connect and and find time on people's schedules. So, I don't know, I could see while of course once we, you know, move out of this stage, we we might want to we'll be moving back to in person. There might be some people in a first round that we do all online. So, we'll see how that evolves. Is there anything that you know now that you just wish you knew before you started going into business? I wish I knew that our business was going to grow to be as big as it is today when Jed and I were in the grind or, you know, up at two in the morning dealing with a crisis. You know, if I, if I knew that that was at the end of the rainbow, I think it would have been easier. And we probably would have, you know, even accelerated the business even faster. And we could have been further along than we are today, although we're very happy with where we are. If we knew we would have, I would have launched more products earlier on. And hire people even quicker. That's true. Marissa and I have, I mean, we've worked really, really hard. Marissa mentioned middle of the night. You know, I, I, I remember I sat at, you know, I, I used to sit at soccer practice in my car with my son and we were working and we finally said, God, we need to just get a little bit of help. Now we've obviously been hiring a lot of people, but it's been a really good thing for the business. Up next, Marissa and Jen's biggest learnings from 2020 and why their families are such an essential part of their work-life balance. What does a typical day outside of work look like? And I know work and life is all blended right now, but what do you do for fun? 
So I don't know that I'm all that exciting, but I am a mother, wife. I have two sons and I have a, the dog I mentioned earlier. We're pretty typical, but you know, I think I do the same thing everyone else does. I help my kids with their homework. I cook dinner. Sometimes I order in, I won't lie. My kids, you know, I will attempt to play sports with them, although I don't do so that well anymore. They tell me I'm not good, so I, they don't let me play with them, which is a little bit sad. But as a family, we love to travel, snow skiing. We like to hike? Do I do a lot on my own personally? Probably not that much. I just feel like between work and my family, those are those are my focuses right now. And I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son, and I'm all about family, spending time with my husband. I'm one of those annoying people that's totally head over heels in love with my husband. So I love to spend time with him, and we take our dog to the beach and on walks and just really enjoying all the time I have left with my kids because all of a sudden I'm starting to see, you know, my daughter's going to high school next year and I'm starting to see that time kind of, you know, the ending chapter of it and I'm a little bit nervous. So I'm just trying to relish every moment until it's gone. Oh my gosh, I hear you. My my daughter's now 17 months old and I feel like she was just born and time just goes so quickly. So I hear you on taking in every moment and it's great. Everyone's been able to get so much family time now, at least over the past few months. What is something that our audience would be surprised to learn about each of you? So I have an identical twin sister. Hmm. Who are we talking to right now? No. Uh, you'll never know. <laughs> you'll never switch places. <laughs> We have switched places before. There, there, there was the seventh grade boyfriends and, and they didn't know. That's so funny. <laughs> so for, for me, when I come off of a very long flight, I like to eat McDonald's. So I have made Marissa a dozen times in whether it's two in the afternoon, two in the morning, five in the morning, you know, drive around in the pitch black, you know, coming from JFK because I, I have to have McDonald's. I don't what do know you why order? it's a thing. What's your go-to order? <laughs> okay, it, it ready? Yep. It's a quarter pounder, no cheese, extra pickle, small fry, medium diet Coke. That is my Ooh. order. Now I want McDonald's. <laughs> I know, I know. I might You're know. like me. Whenever I'm traveling, I just need McDonald's. It's a craving. And it, it tastes is. better when it comes to the drive-thru versus going inside. It's just better. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. If I'm in a car or like near an airport, it's the only thing I can eat. So Jen hasn't um, told you that we've gotten to McDonald's at five in the morning. It was closed. We didn't call it quits, but Jen made us go <laughs> to the next McDonald's. Never give up. That's a lesson in business. I love that. And I can totally relate. So if I ever uh, am traveling with you for any random reason, <laughs> you now have a buddy that wants <laughs> McDonald's too. Sure. Are there any fun shows that you're watching right now? I think we all need some good shows to watch as we pass the time in 2020. <laughs> so I am personally a fan now of Nicole Kidman after two shows that I watched. Big Little Lies. That was so good. I love that one. Loved. And then I don't know if you guys caught this yet because it's on right now, but The Undoing. Okay. So it also has Hugh Grant in it as well. And that's a must-see. Good to know. I'm going to write that one down. And then have there been any learnings from 2020 that made you rethink your priorities or get clarity on certain areas of your life? So I personally have had a challenge with the work-life balance. I feel that since I'm now working from home, the lines feel really blurry to me. 
So what I'm personally trying to do is carve out a little bit more Marissa time in the form of reading a book or exercising or taking a walk just to make sure that I do have that little slice of me time every day. And what about you, Jennifer? What does self-care look like for you? I'm not that great at self-care. I, I I probably exercise like once a week and I also, you know, try to walk around the, the neighborhood. I actually... Something I do do, which is a combination of work and self-care is, you know, when I can, um, when I have conference calls, when I don't need video, I like to pop in my AirPods and uh, walk and talk. So that, that's something that I've been doing to try to, you know, undo a lot of the wine I've been drinking during COVID. <laughs> We've actually heard that a few times now, taking walking meetings. I just interviewed someone last week, and I definitely need to put that into practice. I feel like when we have these interviews, I learn just as much as our listeners. So another one I'm writing down. Thank you for that tip. Do either of you have mentors or have you had a mentor in your business over the years? So we haven't had, I would say, an official mentor. We do have, you know, a board of directors, advisors who, you know, have been outstanding and, and very helpful. But I, I would, this is this is going to sound silly, but in a lot of ways, Google was our mentor. Marissa and I, you know, we started this business and our backgrounds had nothing to do with this. And we didn't know what we were doing. And we just, every time we had a question, we just hit Google, right? What is, what is FCL? Well, it's a full container load, but we didn't know that. We didn't know how to find an IP attorney or find you know, anything. And, and frankly, Google really helped us. So thank you, Google. My question for you is, what are you grateful for every day? So Marissa and I, you know, we talk about this all the time, how grateful we are, you know, that the business has, you know, become such a success and, you know, how fortunate we are during COVID to have continued to be successful. But we're also, of course, so just grateful for our families. And do you have a mantra or quote that you live by? So we love this one. All you need is Wi-Fi and a dream. I love that. Did you come up with that or is that on a t-shirt somewhere? No. Or Google. Did you go find that on Google? I will never tell. <laughs> I think she found it on Google. <laughs> if you could give the entrepreneurista audience one last business tip, what would it be? I would say sky's the limit. I would say just just try you know, it's funny, I, I interview people all the time, a lot of times coming from, you know, very traditional career paths and, you know, coming to a smaller business like ours, you know, feels like a change. And I always say, you know what, you can always go back. So if you want to, you know, try coming to work for a different type of company, or you want to try a business venture, just go for it. The, the, the life or the career you had before will, will still be there. There's always opportunity to go back. Well, you guys are both incredible entrepreneurs who have built this wonderful company that is making such an impact. You are getting these incredible products to families all over the world, and you have been able to hire new people even during a pandemic. So you guys should really give yourselves so much credit for all that you've accomplished. Thank you both so much for being here and joining us and sharing your story and your journey. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and of course, buy your products? So you can find us on Amazon or at GorillaGrip.com. Amazing. Thank you both so much. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. You can connect with us at SocialFlyNY.com and follow us on Instagram at Entrepreneurs. 
Check out all our latest episodes at entreprenistapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.